0: This is Talkback, 721-1290 or 1-800-568-5309.
1: This is News Talk KGVO, AM 1290 and 98.3 FM. KGVO. Missoula's News and Weather Station.
2: Hey, welcome, welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Getting close to the end of the week here for this uh, this edition of Talkback for Thursday, February 8th. Talkback brought to you this morning by Harrington Surgical Supply, where you can feel confident in Harrington Surgical Supply's discreet and knowledgeable guidance on a multitude of products and medical supplies. Gomer's U.S. Diesel Parts, where they have everything you need to make sure your rig starts every time this winter. Gomer's U.S. Diesel Parts and Service, right there at Palmer and West Broadway. Why West Storage? is out at the Y on Two Smokes Way. Want to find out about pricing and availability? Here's the number, 406-510-0590 because at Y West, they're making room for you. Also brought to you by Phillips Janitorial. For both the residential and commercial cleaning, your home and your business, they do it all. And no job is too big, no job is too small. For Phillips, 406-260-6617. The views and opinions expressed on TalkBack are not those of the staff, management, or advertisers. Well, good to have you aboard, everybody. It's uh, Thursday, and we have lots going on this morning. Uh, Nick Christensen right over there. Good morning, Mr. Nick. Good morning. All right. And uh, joining us on the phone to start things off this morning, we have uh, James Brown, uh, current president of the Public Service Commission, and who's also announced his uh, bid to run for state auditor and insurance commissioner. So, uh, Jim, good morning, and uh, thank you for being on with us here on, uh, on TalkBack.
3: Yeah, good morning. Good morning, dear listeners. It's always a pleasure to be on.
2: You bet. Let's talk about the Public Service Commission. I know, uh, uh, there, there, uh, there's a lot goes, uh, goes on with the five various districts, uh, with the Public Service Commission. Perhaps the, the most notable over the last year or so was the rate increase that was granted to, uh, to Northwestern Energy. Uh, I know a lot went into that. So I, I know you, one of the things you wanted to do was kind of explain the procedures of how the uh, Montana Public Service Commission operates.
3: You bet. Uh, yeah, there's been a lot of interest uh, in the Northwest Energy rate case. So that was actually filed in uh, the year 2022. We held a two-week-long hearing on the rate increase in uh, sort of, uh, I believe it was June, perhaps of, uh, no, it was um, April of uh, 2023, and then we made a decision in October. And so I think what's important for your listeners to understand is is that, <clears throat> Um, regulated utilities, the two main ones in Montana are Northwest Energy and MDU. And what they do is, is they actually make a filing with us, the commission, when they seek a rate uh, increase. We don't uh, you know, reach out to them and say they have to file a rate increase or, or do something. They're the masters of their own uh, complaints, if you will. And so given what's happened in terms of um, costs exploding in the United States since COVID, which we're all very familiar with, Uh, We had both MDU and Northwest Energy come in and ask for rate increases uh, in the same year, which was 2022, and then we ruled on those in 2023. And so I think it's important for your listenership to understand that 40% of the rate increase that the commission approved uh, is controlled by factors that um, we can't control. That would be the amount of property taxes uh, paid by the utilities under uh, legislative mandate. Uh, they are allowed to pass those straight on to the the um, customers of the regulated utilities. And then any market purchases the uh, uh, utilities make, those are also passed s- straight through to the customers. So 40% of the rate increase was out of our control. And then we found the rest of the rate increase uh, to be reasonable and just. And the reason for that was primarily because most of the rate increase went to um, Northwest Energy uh, rebuilding its infrastructure, namely its transmission uh, systems, in order to meet its required mandate to uh, provide power on demand.
2: Now, I will tell you, uh, we're up against our first break here, but I, I did tell you, I, ha- I wanted to tell you, I had a long conversation with Jody Black who is the spokesperson for Northwestern Energy, and she very patiently explained uh, uh, the reason why the rate hike was was requested, first of all, as you had explained, but also that the uh, Northwestern Energy had, had invested over a billion dollars over the last you know, 10, 15 years in upgrading their systems and purchasing new equipment, and they had to recoup that money somehow, and, that, and part of that is obviously through a rate increase. So, we're going to come right back, and by the way, the phone lines are open if you have a question for James Brown. Uh, he's with us on the phone until uh until about nine o'clock this morning so give us a call 721 is our number we're coming right back with more right after this
0: Dennis Bragg with the latest forecast from the Town Square Weather Center. A chance of showers of mixed rain and snow in the valleys with a 50% chance of precipitation. A little more snow possible in the passes and valleys east of Missoula. Scattered snow showers are possible again through this evening, but again, no major accumulation in the valleys. Friday morning may see some additional snow showers, but primarily just cloudy weather through the weekend with highs around freezing and lows in the upper teens and low 20s. Okay, we are back on Talkback. seven two one twelve ninety is our number.
2: I'm Peter Christian. Nick Christensen right over there. Joining us on the phone right now is James Brown, president of the Montana State Public Service Commission. Now, I know you wanted to add some comments after uh, you uh, we had uh, spoken, uh, just kind of delineating a little bit the rate increase that was recently passed for Northwestern Energy.
3: You bet. Thank you for the opportunity. So I, I know the press has talked a lot about percentages of the rate increase, but I want Folks to understand what that means in terms of uh, real dollars on their bills. So, um, as a result of the uh, vote of the commission last October to approves um, Northwestern's, well, they made a settlement agreement with the Montana Consumer Council. And if you understand what that means, the Montana Consumer Council is constitutionally tasked with representing ratepayers in, in cases that come before us. So, Northwest Energy made a settlement with the consumer council uh, and the. Uh, increase that went into effect as of November 1st was about $8.22 a month uh, for Northwestern Energy uh, customers uh, using uh, uh, electricity and about $3.71 for gas. But the other thing that the press really hasn't covered, I had mentioned at the top of the hour that <clears throat> much of that rate inc- increase was due to property tax uh, payments that the company makes. Well, um, the, uh, Uh, The good news for Montana's residential customers is that uh, due to property tax adjustments made by the 2023 legislature um, bills are actually going to start decreasing uh, again. Um, Total cost uh, of service decrease uh, about 56 million for electric utility services and about 19 million for natural gas services. And so what that means is that for uh, Northwest energy residential customer uh, you'll see your bill decrease about $6.95 a month. And then for your gas, uh, you'll see it drop about $4.40 a month. And what, the, why this is important is because it, it your listenership should understand that rate making is a dynamic process, right? Um, utility incurs costs over time. Those costs can go up or down uh, based on what the market is or the investment by the utility and the infrastructure, which you talked about with the billion dollars by Northwest Energy. A lot of that was going to transmission upgrades to adjust to the um, wind and solar coming online in Montana. And so what happens over time is is that you'll see it on your bill, rates go up and down. So nothing's ever static. And I, I think that's a dynamic that probably the press um, missed, right, Is is that, Just because there's a rate increase now doesn't mean that there isn't going to be a rate decrease uh, later based on what the market uh, dictates.
2: I understand. We do have a caller waiting to visit with you, sir. Uh, Mark is on the line. Mark, you're on with James Brown. Please go ahead. What's your question?
4: Good morning. Thanks for coming on today. uh, As Northwest Energy or the other utilities build uh, power plants, for instance, a gas-fired plant or whatever to uh, back up, the solar and the, uh, and the wind and everything else, uh, for peak power periods. I, you know, I understand how that needs to be done and I'm encouraging that. However, when those plants are not running at full tilt and or, um, so they're not generating 100% of their available energy and then let's say Texas needs energy and we ship, they ship power to Texas. Um, and get paid for that power, what happens to the money that they make for selling that power on the open market? Does that go to reduce uh, their, you know, h- how does that affect rates? I'll listen online if I can.
2: All right, thanks for the call.
3: So <clears throat> there's a there's a couple implicit questions, I think, in there. So, um this is actually an area that's, uh, really evolving right now in terms of, uh, energy regulation because what's happening is, is that, uh, one of the things that we're watching, uh, as a commission is, is that you're seeing, uh, due to green mandates, if you will, the retirement of thermal generation, uh, sources across the West. Now you could call it fossil fuels. That would be incorrect. They're thermals, right? So gas and coal. So what's happening is, is that, <clears throat> Um, you're having more, uh, you're having Montana utilities having to go more out onto the market, uh, to buy power. Okay. And the reason that is, is because, um, when Montana Power Company wasn't existent for, for those that were around, uh, up until deregulation in 1997, uh, Montana Power Company was basically had enough generation that it could, uh, essentially um, generate its own uh, demand uh, needs, if you will, its customer demand needs. Well, what's happened over time is, is that uh, Northwest Energy has to go more and more out onto the market uh, and buy power. And what happens is is that you're having these regional organizations created to uh, essentially facilitate the sharing of power uh, in the Western region, and we're keeping track of that. So... <clears throat> um, this is a pretty complex question that he's getting into because what happens is, is you know, uh, Northwest Energy, due to federal law, basically has to buy power from uh, qualified facilities, which are uh, wind and solar plants of a, a certain size. And then if Northwest Energy uh, gets excess power at times as a result of power coming on from these uh, wind and solar projects, they actually basically serve as a marketer for the power, <clears throat> for these wind and solar plants. Um, and what they can do, of course, is, is they can put a charge um, for basically having to serve as a broker for excess type uh, energy. <clears throat> um, and so, yes, uh, they might get a little bit of um, profit off of that. Uh, but the way that Northwestern Energy generally operates is is that, um, You know, they only sell power into the market, if you will, if there's demand for it. All right. With that, we're up against another
2: break. We still have Jeff and Skip waiting to visit with you. By the way, our guest on the phone right now is James Brown. Uh, he's uh, right now the president of the Public Service Commission. Has announced he's also going to be running for state auditor and insurance commissioner uh, uh, in the in this election cycle. So we're going to come right back and uh, and take more phone calls for James Brown. We really appreciate him being with us and explaining all this in in layman's terms. We appreciate that. So we're coming right back after this.
5: At
2: Brought to you by Common
6: Ground Alliance. Did you receive a call or message that mentioned Social Security and demanded immediate action? Did the caller know your Social Security number or other personal information and tell you that your Social Security number had been used in connection with a crime? Did you feel worried that your Social Security number might be suspended, your bank account might be frozen or seized, or you could be arrested? That is not the Social Security Administration. Social Security will not threaten you, demand your personal information or instant payment, email or text you pictures or documents, or use a real government official's name to gain your trust. Social Security does not accept payments by gift card, prepaid debit card, internet currency, or by mailing cash. Criminals use these forms of payment because they are hard to trace. Do not be fooled, hang up, ignore them, Report this criminal activity to the Social Security Administration Office of the Inspector General at oig.ssa.gov.
2: Produced at U.S. taxpayer expense. Hey, We're back on Talkback. Seven two one twelve ninety is our number. We're talking with James Brown right now, who is president of the Montana Public Service Commission. And one of the things we were talking about uh, during the break, uh, uh, James, is it okay to call you Jim? Is Jim all right? Yeah, either one. Okay. All right. Uh, Jim, I uh, want to talk about uh, the, uh, if you will, uh, the dependability of uh, of Northwestern Energy being able to find the power it needs when we have another cold snap and how they did on the last cold snap. And I know you've been keeping track of all that.
3: Yeah. So, obviously, we as uh, public service commissioners um, have two main duties, right? One is, of course, to do the cases where we're looking at whether or not uh, rate increases and that sort of thing are just and reasonable. But the other thing we do, of course, is we look uh, ahead, we forecast and work with our utilities to make sure they're able to provide uh, adequate power to their customers, you know, over a 20 year period. And what we're seeing, and this is true for other commissions throughout the West, is, is that there's real concern among our commission as well as other public service commissions in Western states, that the west isn't prepared to meet um, electricity uh, or power demand over the next uh, 10 years and the reason that is is because we're getting an increasingly variable resource stack uh, and what that means of course is is that as, as we're seeing retirements in in coal generation and gas generation due to green energy mandates uh and you're seeing the the on coming online of of wind and um solar power what what um What we're seeing is is a concern that uh, thermal generation is being retired at such a quick rate that um, we might be short on capacity due to the fact that we're not building alternative power or replacement power quick enough to do that. Um, uh, And the other thing that we're, uh, so we're expecting perhaps risk of capacity shortfalls uh, starting around 2025 and uh, 2026. Uh, if, you can meet, if you can believe that. And then the other thing that's correspondingly happening is, is that because the West population is exploding, as we all know from here in Montana, a uh, demand is expected to increase by about 17% over the next uh, 10 years, um, which is uh, basically the biggest driver of that is due to the expansion of data centers, particularly in the Northwest, particularly in Washington state, right? And then of course the movement towards electrification is add, adding uncertainty to low growth. And so why that's important is, is that because Northwestern Energy is a regulated monopoly in Montana, right, which means we have the, basically the power to, uh, we as the commission have the power to approve uh, their rates that in return for what's called, uh, uh, they get a reasonable rate of return, right, uh, in exchange for being a regulated utility. But why that's important is, is that Northwest Energy is known as a balancing authority, which means that they are responsible under federal standards for making sure that, they're, that they have the ability to provide power at all times to all comers uh, when there's a storm like we just went through in January. So you can imagine the obligation um, on Northwest Energy for that. And the way that they're increasingly meeting that demand, as I talked about a little earlier, is they have to go out in the market and compete with other utilities in other states during these peak demand times for power, and what happens, of course, is when you have competition at, at high demand times, then the price of energy shoots up and that it's reflected, of course, on your power bill. Is there any way I know this
2: I know the ship has sailed, but is there any way to prevail upon the people who are so absolutely intent on going green within a very, very short amount of time to be able to back off a little bit and allow the natural market to catch up?
3: <laughs> well, You know, that's a great question for your next guest. uh, (laughs) I'm going to offer up. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Um, You know, say hi to Monica when she comes on. Um, We, I I will say this. um, Yes, there is. In fact, uh, in South, the South Dakota uh, public service commissioners literally send a letter um, in January to one of their biggest utilities that basically said, you know, please don't, please don't retire coal and gas generation, uh, from your inventory until such time as, uh, we believe there's adequate replacement pl- power. And so, as I was talking about, is the commissioners throughout the west are increasingly becoming concerned about this. Now, is there anything we, as the public service commissioners can do? No, there isn't because the choice on what, um, Sources of generation, uh, uh, a private business like Northwest Energy or MDU uh, decides to use, well, that's, that's a business decision, right? And, and as it should be, uh, what we can do is just as regulators just say, hey, we have a concern, you know, uh, starting at the end of this decade and going into 2030s there that we might be uh, capacity short.
2: Okay, and with that we're up. We're up against another break, but we have uh, Jeff and Skip waiting to visit with you. I promise we'll get to those phone calls, but these matters had to come first. So we're going to come right back with more with James Brown.
0: He'll be with us by the way till nine o'clock. Right after this, you want the best. Dennis Bragg with the latest forecast from the Town Square Weather Center. A chance of showers of mixed rain and snow in the valleys with a 50% chance of precipitation. A little more snow possible in the passes and valleys east of Missoula. Scattered snow showers are possible again through this evening, but again, no major accumulation in the valleys. Friday morning may see some additional snow showers, but primarily just cloudy weather through the weekend with highs around freezing and lows in the upper teens and low 20s. Hey, welcome back everybody. It's uh, it's the hour number 1 of Talk Back, but this Thursday,
2: James Brown, uh, president of the Public Service Commission, also running for State Auditor and Insurance Commissioner, and uh, let's get to to our callers who've been very patiently waiting. Jeff, good morning. You're on with James Brown. Go ahead, please.
7: Hey, good morning. Uh, I wish I could say Justice Brown, but uh, maybe Auditor Brown will sound as good. So, good morning. Uh I have two questions. There's so many things I could ask, but I really have two questions. One is that, uh, the first is that I know that Northwestern is, is the 800 pound gorilla in the room, but, uh, I live in Polson. So we're, we're, uh, serviced by, uh, Montana, uh, Mission Valley Power and power comes from energy keepers. And, uh, over the last seven years since we moved into this house, I've seen a 66% increase in my utility bills. My, Base charges went up from when we came in $12.50 a month. Um, and then the, uh, we've gone from a one-tier, uh, charge, uh, for electricity to a three-tier charge. Plus now we're getting charged for kilowatts and not just kilowatt hours. And so all of this is meant a 14% jump since October of 22 and a 66% jump, as I said, since uh 2017 and so does mission valley power and energy keepers they have to come to you as well uh for any rate increases and then if you could give us an update on the laurel plant because i just see that as completely essential to what you were talking about baseload uh requirements for montana
2: okay thanks for the call go ahead uh,
3: jim please yeah thanks for the call so let me start with the premise that uh he's talking about yeah um We're we're seeing uh, energy costs uh, skyrocket literally across the West. There was actually a article in the San Francisco Chronicle dated uh, February 4th that talked about, and this is absolutely remarkable for those that um, are concerned about their bills in Montana. But so Pacific Gas and Electric uh, is the big um, power provider in in California. Um, The PSC uh, they're just approved a rate increase, um, that will take the average, uh, bill in California up from about $195 a month to $357 a month in California. So I'm, uh, we're seeing these all across the uh, West now to the more uh specific questions that were asked. We, we do not regulate, um, energy keepers, um, essentially what our jurisdiction is, is, uh. We regulate uh, investor-owned utilities, so privately-owned utility. Uh, We don't regulate the co-ops or energy keepers Uh, in this case. I I know that, uh, for example, there's keen interest that we've heard here at the commission about what's going on with the Kerr Dam. But when the dam got sold to the um, tribe, uh, we don't have jurisdiction over that anymore. It's really become a FERC matter, Federal Energy Regulatory uh, Commission, but what, another thing that we're keeping an eye on, of course, is even though we don't regulate co-ops, for example, we are certainly in communication with the, the co-ops um, about what's going on in terms of energy uh, production and capacity. Um, certainly what they're concerned about is the uh, proposal to breach the dams on the Snake River, which you heard about uh, you know, broke in December. Um, the majority of Montanans actually get their power uh, through the co-op system and um, the co-ops get most of their power through the Bonneville Power Administration, which of course is a federal type agency and um, the co-ops are communicating to us and of course and out to the public that uh, if those those dams are breached um, on the um, Snake River, uh, power bills are going to explode for co-op members as as you can imagine. But what's interesting about that, we were talking about the green energy, right? It's fascinating to me to watch um, these groups that that support, um, you know, meeting these green mandates, uh, then support deals that uh, breach dams, which are a form of clean power, right? clean, renewable power. It's it's really fascinating uh, to see the di- dichotomy on that.
2: Now, let me ask you this. Would would breaching the dams simply end that power production there or would it simply reduce it?
3: Well, what they're talking about under the settlement agreement is, is that there's going to be, if the settlement agreement goes through, and so let's talk about the settlement agreement and who the parties are. So to, to, for a little bit of history on this, for, so starting in about the mid 1990s, there have been multiple lawsuits, federal lawsuits filed uh, against the BPA, um, over the, the dams on the snake. And of course, that has to do with, um, Protection of salmon and their and their spawning grounds. Right, so the states of I believe it's Oregon, Washington, and then tribes um, located in Washington state apparently have reached a settlement agreement with the federal government to end these lawsuits. And the thrust of the settlement agreement is is that <clears throat> the the federal government will appropriate a whole bunch of money uh, to build new energy projects in in those states basically wind and solar as a replacement power for the power on the hydros and so that is the theory of the agreement is is that there will be replacement power um, and you won't be using the dams as a, as a source of generation. Wow
2: let's get another call in before we have to take a break. Skip has been waiting very patiently. Skip good morning you're on with James Brown go ahead please.
5: Oh thank you Peter and uh first uh please uh, review the question that you're going to ask your next guest that James told you would be a good question for them. Uh, and then, uh, and James, thanks for coming on and giving us a, the interactive lecture hall again. Uh, and I'll say uh, you just reviewed a whole lot of things about those dams that I was going to ask you about. But I think I can think of another question. Like, uh, for instance, the, the Public Service Commission other than uh, taking part in in, in uh, helping uh, regulate properly with a I'll call it a formula, the the rates that say Northwest Energy would be charging their customers. Uh, there's other things that you guys attend to. I remember you discussing one time, um, maybe some things about I'm going to say railroad, and then and then I I know for because I've even talked to you about it. How your commission was able to make sure that I think until the end of the decade, we maintain one area code like 406. Uh, and you, you brought up something important that people need to review. And that is how stable Montana, I'm, I'm changing the words a little bit, how stable Montana was before the turn of the century when Montana Power literally owned all of its generation, and, and we were energy-independent and, I believe, selling power outside of the state. And we gave all that up, I think, because of telecommunications and, and, and uh, they wanted to make a better investment, and they, should, they sold up all our gemstone uh, generation. But anyway, any of that you can take off on, I'd appreciate. and thanks for coming on, and good running brought, sir. I think we'll get you cloned. We'll keep one of you, one of you our room. and one of your right. you on the Thank
2: you a lot. Thanks for the call, Skip. We're, we're going to take a break. Come right back, and uh, we'll have he'll have him answer that. And we also have uh, Michelle waiting to visit with you. We're going to come right back after this timeout, guys. On Talkback seven two one twelve ninety is our number. Joining us on the phone right now is James Brown. He's the president of the Public Service Commission. Okay, uh, Skip had a lot of things to ask about, so please go ahead, sir.
3: Yeah, the the. and first of all, hi, Skip. Always good to hear from you. Second, uh, he, he unpacked a lot there. So we do more, as Skip was pointing out at the commission, than just regulate, you know, power generation. I mean, we do a variety of things. We do railroad regulation, pipeline safety regulation, motor carrier reg- regulation, telecommunication regulation, uh, small water um uh, regulation right but one of the things that's get brought up which is pretty interesting is is that it's the the concept of the 406 area code right which is, is synonymous with the state of Montana well <clears throat> the fcc uh, the federal communications commission ac- actually regulates area codes uh, in 2022 we worked uh with the fcc to ensure that the that Montana would just have one area code um uh, for the foreseeable future. Um, in 2022, they were talking about exhausting the 406, uh, area code as soon as 2027. Uh, we worked with them, um, by implementing what's known as a mandatory number pooling, uh, which requires telecommunication carriers to return a thousand number block back to the numbering pool. If those aren't being used, if you will, and we've extended the life out past 2030 so montana will remain the 406 as it should second thing is skip brought up a very interesting point point. Uh, one of the things that skip has certainly heard me talk about and i talk about to the public is is that uh in 1997 the montana legislature and then governor roscoe made the uh, single worst public policy decision in my opinion in the history of the state of montana which was to allow montana power which was a blue chip stock company of course uh to deregulate and to sell off its assets and then go into the telecommunications business and if you know the history on that it Brilliant. led to two things one it yeah led to bankruptcies all right it led to uh people that invested in montana power uh losing uh significant amounts of money including their retirement and that and it led to exploding um bill costs in in montana we used to have some of the lowest um energy uh bills uh, in the entire united states in fact we were the third cheapest around 1996 um but the deregulation has led to the very conversations we led off with right and so um that decision was made and and we're living with that consequence now which the consequence is as we talked about Um, Northwestern doesn't own all the generation assets uh, that Montana Power did that had been paid off, of course. Um, And so Montana Power, or um, Northwest Energy, is having to go out in the market more and more to buy power to serve its customers' needs at a a higher rate, which leads to higher bills. All right, let's get Michelle
2: on the phone. She's been waiting quite a while. Michelle, good morning. You're on with James Brown. Go ahead, please. Oh, thank you very much. I
8: appreciate you putting me on the phone. I just wanted to... Um, shout out to, uh, President Brown. Um, thank you for the, uh, work that you've put in. Um,
2: well, Michelle, we, we lost you. Are you there?
8: Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Can you hear me now? Yeah, (laughs) go ahead, please. Um, so my freshman, uh, session, I served on energy and telecommunications where, um, where I heard reports from um the p s c and president Brown, and i remember um, I remember we were you know talking about uh coal strip and uh and of course the hydropower was in the background there, and so i'm I'm just really uh really glad to hear that the psc is monitoring that closely as sh- as should be but anyway um i i now serve on the appropriations committee section d and we hear reports um from the psc and i just wanted to say thank you so much for um for the diligent work that you put in and um i look forward to the reports in the future and i know we've come a long way and i um I know we're going to go far. So I just wanted to say thank you so much.
2: Michelle, thanks for the call. We appreciate Let's... it. Go ahead, James.
3: Yeah, that's really, really heartening, and I, I very much appreciate that feedback. So uh, I'll, I'll give kudos back to her. So as the representative stated, she was on the the legislative committee that was oversight. Of our agency and now she serves on the Appropriations Committee that has oversight of our agency <laughs> so she's uh, very familiar with what we do and we have a really great working relationship and I, I just want to let folks know uh, down there in Valley County that uh, uh, the representative does a really great job and um, I appreciate her work. All right we do have we have Buck uh, just uh, came on
2: the line. Buck good morning you're on with James Brown go ahead please. Well
9: good morning it's it's a nice opportunity for a couple of decades, I've kind of lived in poverty, so I opted for CenturyLink's uh, service that they call local measured service, and it was very low low initial cost, and especially since there have been months when I can not make any outgoing calls, I, I opted for that for, uh, for economy. And over the years, it's grown to, with taxes over $40 a month, why wouldn't the PSC insist that, you know, market it as an economy service, so that they maintain that at a reasonable price?
3: You you want to go ahead and answer that? Yeah, go ahead, please, sir. Okay, so, first of all, as, as I told you before, you, you get some really astute callers calling in uh, <laughs> with some really knowledgeable questions, and I appreciate it. Uh makes for a better discussion. So. CenturyLink. So the first thing that this gentleman needs to know, if he doesn't know it already, we are actually, I have to be a little circumspect in answering this question because we are actively investigating CenturyLink's um, customer service practices um, and whether or not they're meeting their um, um, obligation to ensure uh, reliable service. Okay. So this is an ongoing investigation. Um, but I will say this is that, um, Uh, In 1996, uh, Congress passed the Telecommunications Modernization Act, which essentially preempted state regulation uh, of most telecommunication services. And so what the PSC's jurisdiction now is pretty limited. We're essentially limited to what are called legacy telephone services, which are essentially landline services, which are basically copper wire. And what we're hearing, uh, in Montana, of course, is that, <clears throat> um, that, that old copper wire system, which was called the Anaconda system, uh, is now being antiquated and these telecommunications companies are not maintaining, uh, those, um, uh infrastructure because it's not really economically feasible for them to do so. And so you're getting folks, particularly in rural eastern Montana, who are having s- extreme service problems. But what the gentleman should know is is that we don't uh we don't really uh, uh rate regulate um telecommunications companies, right? We un- unlike rate regulation of um Montana Power or Montana Coli utilities, we don't we don't generally have that authority. What we have authority over is uh, to ensure that the customer service being provided uh, meets uh, with what has been essentially contracted for with the customers. And like I said, for Central Link, um, we're taking a look at that right now. All right. And with that, we're
2: up against a break. We're going to come right back. Seven two one twelve ninety is our number. Uh, James Brown with us for about another eight minutes or so, seven and a half minutes. We're going to come right back after this timeout. So stay
0: with us. This Dennis Bragg with the latest forecast from the Town Square Weather Center. A chance of showers of mixed rain and snow in the valleys with a 50% chance of precipitation. A little more snow possible in the passes and valleys east of Missoula. Scattered snow showers are possible again through this evening, but again, no major accumulation in the valleys. Friday morning may see some additional snow showers, but primarily just cloudy weather through the weekend with highs around freezing and lows in the upper teens and low twenties.
2: We do have another caller just seconds ago to chime in. So let's get Tim on the line. Tim, good morning. You're on with James Brown. Go ahead, please.
9: Good morning, gentlemen.
5: As potential insurance commissioner, I have a question or a comment about title insurance in Montana. You can't change a piece of property without having title insurance. I've never talked to anyone who's ever collected on a title insurance policy. I've talked to many people who have had issues with title insurance, and the most common answer to get back from a title insurance company is basically, "Oh, we're owned by
4: attorneys. If you don't like it, sue us."
2: Wow. All right, thanks. Thanks for the call. So, uh, so James, your your thoughts on that?
3: <laughs> well, uh, good question. Um, well, I am an attorney. <laughs> so I'll have to put a disclaimer okay, <laughs> on, all right. on the front of that uh, I can tell you that I've been involved with cases where actually um, the title company represented for example that there was legal access to a piece of property and there was it was determined there wasn't and uh, there were suits filed against the title of the insurance company, and um those uh claims uh were paid paid out um I'm not sure where to go with that question uh, beyond <laughs> that, but maybe maybe this is a good segue into yes. uh my run for state auditor which you've teased several times and you i bet. appreciate that um uh so i know you have troy downing on your program pretty regularly um troy, troy has done a great job uh as uh the commissioner of insurance and securities, otherwise known as the auditor and uh as you know troy has announced that he's uh, going to seek uh matt rosendale's eastern congressional seat if matt jumps into the senate race and so troy and i have talked and um I've uh, filed now for, as of January 18th, to run for that office, um, where I hope to uh, um, replace Troy, if you will, uh, if he does move on. Uh, I think I'd be really good uh, at the position. I mean, you've, you've heard me talk a little bit <clears throat> about uh, uh, regulation of uh, the areas under the PSC jurisdiction, Um Uh, I have really good qualifications to be auditor. Uh, First of all, as as indicated, I'm an attorney uh, who has practiced in the insurance area. And then the second thing is I actually hold an insurance producer's license from the state of Montana. If elected, I would be the the first uh, commissioner to, I believe, hold an insurance license since probably 2000. Uh, And so I'm familiar uh, intimately with the areas regulated by the auditor's office. And then the regulatory reach of the PSE and the um, auditor's office are pretty similar uh, in scope. Uh, you know, we regulate uh, uh, certain industries to make sure that the consumer uh, is protected and that, um, you know, rates are are charged just and reasonable. And I, I just believe I'd be a good fit for the office. And so... Um, yeah, I'm going to move forward, and would appreciate the support. All right, real
2: quickly, if folks want to donate to your campaign or find out more about your running for that office, uh, give us a website.
3: Yeah, James Brown for Montana, jamesbrown dot montanacom So the four is spelled out; it's not it's not numerical. It's actually spelled out. So jamesbrown dot montanacom right. and you can Excellent. learn more about my campaign there. Sounds good, James.
2: Always a pleasure. Thank you so much for being with us, sir.
3: Thank you. Always a pleasure.
2: Your callers are great. You bet. Thank you so much. All right. Uh, we're going to take a quick break, come right back. And in the nine o'clock hour, we have Monica Trunnell running for, uh, running again for Congress. And she has a lot to share. And uh, we'll be be doing that from nine to nine thirty and then open phones from nine thirty until ten. So keep it right here. Monica Trunnell coming up at the
0: top of the hour. Sure to check your local office. This is Talkback, 721-1290 or 1-800-568-5309.
1: This is News Talk KGVO, AM 1290 and 98.3 FM. KGVO. Missoula's News and Weather Station.
2: Hey, welcome back, everybody. It is our number two of the Thursday, February 8th edition of Talk Back, brought to you this morning by Phillips Janitorial, residential and commercial cleaning and no job too big or small. For Phillips Janitorial, give them a call today, 406-260-6617. Y-West Storage, out of the Y on Two Smokes Way. Uh, To find out if they have a storage unit for you, call 406-510-0590 because at Y-West, they're making Room for you. Also brought to you by Gomer's U.S. Diesel Parts at by Palmer and West Broadway. Doesn't matter how cold it might get, <laughs> they have everything you need to make sure your rig starts every time. Again, there at Gomer's U.S. Diesel Parts and Service and by Harrington Surgical Supply, where appointments are preferred for mastectomy fittings and custom compressions, but walk-ins are always welcome. The views and opinions expressed on Talkback are not those of the staff, management, or advertisers. Okay, welcome back, everybody. Good to have you along, Nick and right over there. Uh, I'm not going to say it's his birthday today, but uh, happy birthday. birthday to Nick! Thank uh, you. <laughs> no. I told him I, w- I told him I wouldn't. I told him I wouldn't do that, but I did it anyway.
9: Happy
1: <laughs> birthday to Nick! All right, <laughs> all right. So, so now we, we we are 23, tri- right? Thrilled yeah, have- I wish. <laughs> Sorry,
2: Peter. Through a thrill to have with us Monica Trinell joining us once again, familiar spot. For you standing right there, running yeah. for Congress against Ryan Zinke, I know you came this close yeah. last time. Good and, morning, Peter. and, and good so morning, so it's good to have you. Uh, you. D- d- tell us what you're working right. on. Obviously, one of the things that I know you wanted to mention was what's going on at the southern border. You re- recently made some some headlines about that, so if you wouldn't yeah. mind sharing,
1: yeah, yeah. Well, I would actually kind of reframe that and talk about what's going on with fentanyl. So yesterday, I was actually in Deer Lodge County, Anaconda, okay. and. They told me that they had just made a stop and uh, um, just re- recovered, um, you know, uh, taken four thousand fentanyl pills. Right, so that number had been ten thousand somewhere in some news media. But I was there yesterday and asked to see him, but the chief of police was <laughs> gone at the moment that I was actually in the chief ex- executive's office. So, a good conversation. And I've been hearing this across the district. I've been doing, doing my listening tour up and down. I've got. 20,000 miles on my minivan this cycle, so that's as of July. I put my studded snow tires on for the snow that we've had. Um, But I've done ride alongs with law enforcement from Dillon, southern end of the district up to Flathead County. And across the district here in Missoula, in Butte, I've talked to DEA agents and they are really, really concerned about fentanyl in Montana. It's a real issue here. So this bill, subtitle B, Fend Off Fentanyl Act, addresses that specifically. Nobody, nobody can say they are concerned about the issue of fentanyl in Montana and not take this bill seriously and vote for it if they have the opportunity to. This bill does all the things that we need to have happen here in Montana right now to keep our communities safe. And I think more importantly, what's really, what's really significant, our border patrol agents have supported this. We have about 200 um, all out of Haver, some of those are in Idaho, Wyoming, but we have a significant number of border patrol agents here in Montana, and they have come out in support of this bill. They've said, this gives us the tools we need to do our jobs, to keep our community safe in Montana. So anybody who doesn't take this bill seriously, who doesn't debate it, who doesn't vote on it, is saying we're fine with fentanyl in Montana, totally fine. And I think that's totally wrong. So as your representative in Congress, I would vote for this bill. Um, it it imposes sanctions. It gives our border patrol agents, our law enforcement people, the authority and the resources and the tools they need to get a handle on this real problem across our communities. You see it. Everybody sees it. This is visible in our communities, and we need to stop it, and this bill does that. When is it coming up for a vote? Well, it's not because okay. it got killed. Ryan Zinke said it's dead on arrival. He, he. I don't think he's even read it. Ask. You'll have to ask him that question. Okay. Um, but anybody who cares about fentanyl in Montana is going to take this seriously, and it was negotiated. Is there a chance to resurrect it? I, I hope so, and I think everybody in Montana who cares about stopping fentanyl should push all of our con, uh, congressional delegation to say, give this, vo- give this bill your serious consideration and vote in support of these things okay so uh we we have our first break coming up here in about two minutes should we take a call sure let's
2: take a call i believe uh skip has been wait oh i'm sorry uh let's get skip on the line skip good morning you're on talk back with monica Trinell. go ahead please
5: thank you peter and don't forget to ask monica the question that that uh, james asked you to
1: ask her by the way uh monica we're taking bets on what you're going to ask me skip (laughs) Is it true you've been on hold for twenty hours? No, no,
2: he hasn't been on hold for twenty
5: hours. <laughs> okay, go ahead, hit me. I uh, usually ask you a non- Protestant question, things that everybody should be interested in, but but I I need to ask you this because I, I hate politics, but I, I would like to know in your fundraising campaign, uh, uh, whether, you, you know the way that you raise funds for your campaign. Would you be willing to put on a cap uh, on how much out-of-state money you get? And I will ask the same question to Ryan sometime. But would would you put a cap on the percentage of out-of-state money versus in-state money oh, for look, your campaign?
1: Look at the, look at the campaign think? disclosures that we have already filed. It's all out there. That's you good. can see i raised $1.3 million. 70% of my money comes from Montana. I'm super proud of that. In contrast... Seven percent of Ryan Zinke's money comes from Montana, so you know who we're going to be serving. I will be serving the people who are sending me there. But look, we've got to get money out of politics. Period. One hundred percent. The more you know, I do this, the longer we go, the more convinced I am that my first bill will be to end Citizens United, because the people need to have their voice heard. Montana needs to have our voice heard. Ryan Zinke is uh, raising more money than than I am, and his millions of dollars are coming from. Out of state corporations, the, you know, people whose interests he's serving and the bidding that he's doing. And I'm, I'm going to work for Montana, Skip. You know that. You've seen me. You've heard me. I've been doing, I've been at this a while now. And, uh, and you know that I'm all about Montana.
2: Okay, with that, we're up against our first break, and we have Joe and Bob all both waiting to visit with you. 721-1290 is our number. Our guest in studio, Monica Trinnell, running for Congress against Ryan Zinke. And uh, we'd love to have your phone calls for about another 20 minutes. That's all we have with Monica today.
0: We're going to be right back after this timeout. Dennis Bragg with the latest forecast from the Town Square Weather Center. A chance of showers of mixed rain and snow in the valleys with a 50% chance of precipitation. A little more snow possible in the passes and valleys east of Missoula. Scattered snow showers are possible again through this evening, but again, no major accumulation in the valleys. Friday morning may see some additional snow showers, but primarily just cloudy weather through the weekend with highs around freezing and lows in the upper teens and low 20s.
2: I can see that our conversation with Monica Trinnell is going to be primarily on the phone, because we have almost all the phone lines full, and she's only here for about another 17 minutes. So let's get right on the phone and say good morning to Joe. Joe, quickly, what's your question for Monica, please?
5: Good morning. A lot of people are feeling that one of the reasons that Democrats want the open border is because they can get more people in the census. And uh, uh, I was curious if you know if John Tester was supporting that bill. And then, uh, you know, there's so many holes in that bill. There There's 12 times it says discretionary. The uh, litigation would all have to happen in the D.C. Court of Appeals. It's just, it goes on and on. There's so much. Um.
1: Thanks, Joe. Yeah, good morning. Right, thanks I, uh, for yeah, call, Joe. Yeah, yeah, thanks. All I right. appreciate the question. I've got the bill right in front of me. Peter and Nick can both tell you that. I've got it pretty marked up. I've been reading it. And actually what this bill does is according to the numbers that are happening right now on the border, this bill mandates that the border get closed, shut down right now. So were the Senate to vote on this bill and pass it as they said they would a week ago. And uh, if the house of representatives also took it up and passed it, the border would shut down today given the numbers that we have. And I'm looking at the mail. As
2: in shutdown, you mean nobody coming across at all the southern
1: border. Correct. And it's really important to look at the actual language of it because I think there's been a lot of misinformation, a lot of misrepresentations about what's in here. When I heard that, I share all of your frustration about misrepresentations on the right and the left. I hear it. I share it. As an attorney, as a champion for Montana, I said, you know what? I'm just going to go read that bill. So I did not perfect. A lot of things could be fixed, but mostly this is a Republican written bill, everything that the Republicans wanted on the border. But let me say that everything that really people in the middle, people who want to come together and have real solutions to the challenges we face, the border's a crisis. We have to fix it. I 100% share that and will work to make that happen. This bill is a great step in the right direction and one of the most meaningful uh, reforms on the border that we've had in a long long time nobody can say that they're concerned about the border crisis and not take this bill seriously and not vote for it and the the one that you're talking about, you're talking about discretionary activation at a certain number. The very next provision says mandatory activation right here, Section B. I'll share, look at mandatory right there. Peter and Nick can fact check me. Hold, hold it up <laughs> to the microphone. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, you know, yeah. I, I really think it's important for people to hear the truth. Yes. And to understand that, you, you know, look, we're not going to have a perfect bill. But this is a good one. And what it does is it it mandates activation of the border emergency so that it will get shut down. Given the numbers that we're seeing right now, if this bill were to pass and get signed into law, as the president said he would do, the border would be shut down today. No excuse for the political games, the dangerous games that people are paying playing right now. And, and you know, I, that puts Montana communities at risk. All right. Let's it's not get, right.
2: All right. Let's get Bob on the line now with Monica Trinnell. Bob, good morning. What's your question? Good morning.
4: Good morning. Um, I've got a a modest eleven hundred foot uh, home here in Missoula, decent insulation in it, and last month my power bill was over four hundred dollars, which is way higher than it's ever been. um, You know, thanks to the the increase we had from Northwestern Energy. Um, Not sure I'm buying what uh, your previous guest was selling, uh, Mr. Brown, on on the workings of the PSC. I guess my question for Monica is. Uh, what what role are elected officials, whether you know you're running for Congress at the congressional level or the state level? What role is it for them to play in uh, trying to contain these energy costs? That uh, it seems like our our current PSC is kind of just rolling over and playing dead for Northwestern Energy.
1: Uh, thanks for the question, Bob. The business of America is business, right? And I, I never you know hold a grudge against any. Uh, businesses out to make money. That's their job. Their job is to their shareholders. And I'm absolutely for our small businesses, especially in Montana. Yeah. What we need from government is good regulation. Businesses don't want no regulation. They want good, predictable rules that fair. they can follow. Fair, fair, fair. fair. yeah, and predictable. I mean it costs these corporations a lot of money to figure out what their disclosures are, to figure out their, you know, reporting requirements, their compliance, and they'll do it. But it, when you change the goalposts, just like the Republican party did with this bill, when you change a goalpost every time you wake up and turn around, nobody can live by those rules. So with specifics to this um what's happening right now, we need a regulatory body that says here are the rules that we're going to set. We're going to hold you accountable. That's their job. Northwestern is a monopoly investor-owned utility. So we're sending our money to Wall Street. Their biggest owner is um, BlackRock, a New York corporation. And that's where our money is going when the regulatory body says, sure, you can have 10% rate of return. Sure, you can charge Montana ratepayers on the debt at Strip as if... Pretend it's 6% even though it's only actually 4%. $3.5 million of our money every year out of the state. And that's the regulatory body's job. So the frustration that I have is that this has been an intentional, funded, calculated effort to tell us, the people in the middle, middle class Americans, Montanans, that government doesn't work. It does work. But we have to have good people in there doing the right for us being accountable to us okay
2: let's get another call in before we have to take a break linda linda you're on talk back please go ahead what's your question for monica trinnell go ahead please
8: hi there i'm worried
10: about the effect of sentinel on our community here in montana how do we deal with this crisis that harms so many families
2: Okay, thanks for the call. We're going to talk about that. We'll take a quick commercial break and right back. Monica has already talked about that a little bit, but she'll expand on that when we come back. We also have Jeff and Marilyn all wanting to visit with you with uh, Monica Trinnell, uh in the next ten minutes. So we'll be right back.
1: Bring your sweetheart to luck.
2: We are back on a talkback. 721-1290 is our number. All right. So let's uh, move right along and uh, get Jeff on we, well, we had Linda's question. Oh, I'm sorry. Linda's question. Please go oh, ahead.
1: Yeah, but, uh, was... I'm sorry. Go ahead. Jeff. Yeah. <laughs> Peter muted me. Oh, dang it, Peter. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I have a lot of people who actually probably want to do that. Oh, but, come uh, on. I'm here go to ahead. talk. So you got to let me. Uh, yeah. Ahead, so the question about fentanyl. Thank you, Linda. I appreciate it. But this is a question that's coming up across the district in all of our communities, especially on our tribal nations, it's really hitting those particularly hard, but we're seeing the consequences of it everywhere. Bozeman, Missoula, Kalispell, everywhere. Um, so this uh, this bill, the national security bill that was you know negotiated over the course of four months to close the border and to give money to Ukraine and to Israel and support for uh, Gaza has this provision on fentanyl in it, subtitle B. And I really suggest it. everybody read it for yourselves. Don't take people's word for it. Don't take my word for it. Go read the bill yourself. This first provision in this bill at section 3312 talks about this fend off fentanyl and how we're going to do it. And the specific provisions that are in here that I think are good and strong and help Montana and keep our communities secure and safe and why I would vote for it, um, they have specific provisions calling out The very, the very cartels that are trafficking, it imposes sanctions automatically, mandatory, um, on those cartels when they're bringing fentanyl across the border. It, uh, has provisions for a hundred new Devices for, for, to detect it
2: yeah, at the border forgive me. How do you sanction a cartel? Well, They're the way an illegal body
1: Well, so it's the sanction is against the government that the cartels is, are coming out of okay, right. and it actually it, it, That raises an interesting point in here because this bill actually addresses a supply side of fentanyl in China And that's a really important provision that has never been addressed before. And I think that is where we need to really stand strong is to say, you're going to be punished for supplying it to us in the first place. This bill actually does that. The sanctions that are here in Chapter 1 in response to the trafficking and in response to the supply side of it. It um, has provisions for new, as I said, um, devices to detect fentanyl, which is, can be hard. And it actually discusses specifically about the mislabeling and the misrepresentation of fentanyl when it's brought to the border and, uh, and how they would address it when it's um, being brought in. So excellent provisions in here, really strong provisions that are meaningful specifically for our Montana communities and address the very concerns that I've heard from law enforcement across our communities
2: okay let's get jeff on the line now jeff good morning uh you're on talk back with monica trinnell please go ahead
7: uh good morning monica good morning jeff i uh i find that you uh, once again you misrepresent what's in the bill because there are so many poison pills in it that uh, that have been actually disclosed that, that you're focusing on the fentanyl um and not disclosing things like it's not an automatic shutdown of the border completely there's limits on like 5,000 people per day over a period of days average that allows the president then to do things Um, and then it doesn't count people from Mexico, it counts people from outside of Mexico or or it only counts people from outside Mexico so uh, there's a whole bunch of people that aren't counted in that 5,000 but the point I want to bring up is that um, we have existing law particularly uh, an act that was passed the year I was born, 1952, the Immigration and Naturalization Act. and Section 212F of that act, existing law says, quote, whenever the president finds that the entry of any aliens or any class of aliens into the United States would be detrimental to the interests of the United States, he may by proclamation suspend the entry of all aliens or any class of aliens as immigrants or non-immigrants, or impose on the entry any restrictions he may deem to be appropriate. In other words, existing law allows President Biden to do exactly what he needs to do right now. So, thanks for your question, Jeff. Yeah,
1: more laws. Thanks. We, uh, yeah, thanks for your question. More laws. Yeah. The well, so so the Republicans themselves have called for this law. They said they wouldn't. They absolutely would not negotiate aid to Ukraine who desperately needs it and if you're not going to support Ukraine, Then just go ahead and let Putin take over the country. So, but they said, the Republicans said, we're not gonna, we're not even gonna talk about aid to Ukraine, who desperately needs it, and we need to stand with and behind until we get a bill on the border. So this bill on the border was a, a negotiation with the Republicans to say, okay, let's come together. You said you want that. We agree. We think the border is a crisis. Let's come together and hammer out a resolution. This bill was written by Republicans coming together with the middle to say... Let's get some fixes in place and pretty sad state of affairs in America. If the last time that you're citing authority for the border is 1952. I think we need Congress to get right. in action. Well, if that, well, how long we, ago is that? We, we outlawed murder. <laughs> so well, let me just answer, Jeff. In let in me the, answer. If you're actually interested in my take on this, I'll give it to you. So, and I think you should read the bill. I'll point you to this specific provision that you're talking to, uh, talking about. It's at page 211. Subsection 3 talks about activations of, of authority. Subsection A is discretionary, as you note, that goes to the secretary, and subsection B is mandatory activation. That is effective today given the numbers that we're seeing, and it's it's just false to say anything different. Go read the bill. Pull it up on your computer. We can talk through it together. I'm happy to do that with you. Anybody want to have a have a discussion on this border bill? I will invite you, we'll do an open session. Well, let's go to the library, let's have an open conversation anywhere about the reality of this bill, because I think it's good for Montana. And, I, and I'm happy to talk through those provisions. If some of them should be changed, updated, modified. And Jeff, Let's talk about that. we are out of time for Monica. We have less than a minute left. So uh, real real quickly, uh, why should people vote for you? Monica Trinnell. Because I'll do right by Montana. I will be a champion for the middle class, for the invisible people who feel left beh- behind, who don't feel like either the right or the left is really championing their interests and doing, doing the work, the hard work of governing. Look, government is necessary. We live in a democracy. We have agreed to govern ourselves. We've made that agreement with each other that we're gonna govern ourselves. Then we're gonna live by the rule of law. I've spent my career as a lawyer here in Montana trying to advance the right thing on behalf of Montana. I know Montana. I live here. I'm raising my kids here. I only have one home, it's here in Montana, and I'm all in for the middle class, for government, for Montana, and doing right by our state, and doing, you know, doing right by our middle class families, growing the middle class, investing in who we are, investing in education, investing in healthcare, investing in our communities. That's who hey, I am. That's how I grew up. Website, email? MonicaTronnell.com. Anybody who has any questions, send them to me. Monica at MonicaTronnell.com. I believe in representative democracy. I'm available. I'll answer your questions. I'll listen to them. I'll respond to you, and um, let's have conversations. All right, real conversations. Monica, thanks for Thank coming.
2: Thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks, all right, Peter. and
1: we are out of time for
2: Monica, but we do have open phones for the next half hour. If you would like to state your point uh, after after Monica leaves, sorry about that. She has places to go, so we're going to come right back with more of talk back, and hopefully your phone calls right after this. We've all got. Okay, we are back on Talkback. seven two one twelve ninety is our number, one eight hundred five six eight five three zero nine. 568 5309 Dennis Bragg was kind enough to give us a, a brief update of what's going on with an accident uh, on Highway 93 between here and Lolo. Um, about a, a truck that was full of bricks, I guess that uh that crashed and uh, it's quite the mess there they're trying to clean up the mess right now uh but
11: traffic has been delayed i think that's the latest update right nick uh there's a little more than that um yeah there's uh they're confirming the accident the sheriff's office and it's impacting both the southbound lanes that final curve just before the flats um and there's some slowdown on the northbound too obviously is People are approaching the accident. But, yeah, we are aware of the accident. I know it's slowing everybody down. So, yeah, if you're listening, just drive safe and be careful. And uh, we'll provide more info as we get it. It is slick. So, uh, please, (laughs) slow down. Uh the, the the article we did with uh, with
2: Sergeant Nelson from the Highway Patrol talking about how Montana is number two in the nation for fatal accidents, uh, fatal car accidents in the first few uh, first couple of months of this year. And uh, he said the number the, the the two things are a too much speed and people not wearing their seatbelts. So, yeah, take that to heart. All right. Let's get right back to the phones. It is open phones right now. Marilyn, I'm sorry you couldn't get on with uh, with Monica, but uh, go ahead. What's on your mind, Matt?
12: Oh, that's probably quite all right. <laughs> Actually, I was so at the boiling point. I'm sure um this is probably better. um so I was gonna ask Monica, so a lot of stuff came up with the border that she was saying that you know total total out outright misinformation and disinformation they like to use those terms so well, and they project so well. They're the masters of it. But anyways, I was going to ask her about, um, uh, ask her if she ever listens to Mark Levin. And I would encourage everybody to listen to Mark Levin. He's got a great book out right now. Well, it's been out for a little while, Why the Democrat Party Hates America. And uh, he was yesterday talking about a spy ring, an Iranian spy ring, that had been in our State Department for quite some time. And I had heard about this a long time ago like once, and maybe it was on his show at that time, but nobody else was talking about it. Yeah, an Iranian spy ring. So um, Blinken nominated this person, and Joe Biden, at the time, this was during the Obama administration, confirmed the people, and they've been in there for quite a while, doing only God knows what. And um, so it's somewhat what's behind why... The Democrats continue to want the, you know, they don't support Israel. And they're not going after. They've given money, 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 money to Iran and allowing them to build their nuclear facilities and whatever. And um, in the meantime, they're in our federal government. Plus, we got those lovely people in Congress. I mean, there's all kinds of mess going on in our federal government. And I was just going to ask Monica if she would, you know, have a hearing. Because they did move this person on. They put him on leave and moved him out of the State Department. This was in the State Department. Moved him out before the Republicans could do an investigation. So Levin was asking the question, so this huge counterintelligence failure or were the democrats complicit that uh,
2: uh, that is a question i can't answer but uh yeah, thank you for well, thank, I, thank you for posing the question
12: yeah i think we you know those of us that have half a brain know the answer and i'd like to thank jeff for what he was asking her and the ukraine thing we're totally for the ukraine people we had a lovely ukrainian girl who had been hitchhiking through our country. um, And we picked her up, and she spent some time at our house this last summer, and then she went back to be with her family. And I can't get a hold of her. I don't know how she's doing. We're for the people, but we're not for the money laundering that's probably happening with the money that they want to send over there. And Oh, by the way, the arms that probably left Afghanistan and went over there and got in the hands of... um, crop people. We've heard uh, accounts of that. And there's just so much. There's so much. And not to mention, I mean, these people act like they're for the children. They're not. The fentanyl thing? Come on. You know, Joe Biden, okay, something else. So, 94, Levin says, and other people are saying, Levin could shut this, I mean, no, Biden could shut this border right now down, and there were 94 executive orders that Trump had put in there to shut the border down. And then there's 65 other like rules and regulations that Biden put in place or his administration, whoever is doing his work while he bumbles and stumbles. um, They want the border open. They want to overwhelm the system, Cloward and Piven. I mean, there's so much that they are doing to bring down this country. And, you know, I'm not really crazy about Zinke. But there's no way, no way, no way, no way. I would elect Monica Turnell ever.
2: <laughs> all right, all right, Marilyn. Thanks, okay. thanks, thanks for the call. All right, uh, uh, tell you what, let's let's. Uh, uh, I want to give Catherine plenty of time to make her points, so and we'll do that when we come back from the break. We'll take a break about thirty seconds early. Seven two one twelve ninety is our number. It's open phones from now until ten o'clock this morning. Whatever might be on your mind, if you want to, maybe you're uh, maybe you're sitting in traffic uh, on Highway ninety three right now. You can give us an update. Uh, give us a call at seven two We'll put you right on and uh, let folks know exactly what's happening there. Uh, there was an accident and traffic has been uh, very, very slow getting through because of an accident there. So we'll be right back after this time out. Small talk back, everybody. Glad to have you along this morning. It's open phones. Whatever might be on your mind uh, for the next oh, 18 minutes or so. That's all the time we have. Uh, but we do have Catherine, who's been waiting very patiently. Catherine, thanks for holding. Please go ahead.
10: Yeah, I just wanted to say I, I thought uh, Just Call was uh, interesting because um, Monica was trying to disrupt his question. I, I noticed that she kept trying to interrupt him. And. Um, her contention that the law um jeff noted is um uh, outdated it makes me wonder uh what she thinks of the constitution because laws um generally are not i mean they they are applicable um and uh should be followed i think um and that one was pretty the, that he mentioned is 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 pretty straightforward um, so I don't think there's any need for this new bill that, uh, that, uh, is in, in play here. Um, so, oh, there was one other thing I was going to bring up, but I did send you a, um, little blurb from, uh, a, a border, well, from a police officer in Denver. Did you get that? I, I have it right here. Yes, Rondo. ma'am. Uh
2: uh-huh. Officer, yeah, tell, um, officer tells whistleblower. About sleeper cells, from uh, yep. yeah, yeah, from the open border. Yeah,
10: that um, he he talked about how there's uh, all these sleeper cells that they are aware of, but they are not allowed to talk about in Denver. <laughs> sleeper cells of of um, Al Qaeda was the one that he specifically mentioned. Wow. That there are several hundred. Um, people in uh, al-qaeda in a sleeper cell in denver that they have been starting to try to arrest so there's that um all these things going on makes me wonder what's uh what's coming down the pike anyway
2: well, yeah so, I, I and 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 if you're if you sit around worrying about that uh, too much it's going to drive you crazy because when you think of what there's eight to ten million people uh that are undocumented that have rushed across the border we don't know where they came from we don't know where they are we don't have any idea what they're doing and uh they you know there's a lot of well they could be doing this and they could be doing that so uh we we just don't know and not knowing is the biggest problem
10: exactly um because information is being denied and being obfuscated i believe
2: Oh. Information is power, um, right? All right. All right. Thank, yes, thank, 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 thank you, you thank you for the call. We appreciate it. Thanks for holding so long. Emmett, good morning. You are on Talkback. Go ahead, sir. What's up?
13: Well, thanks uh, for taking my call. Happy birthday, Nick. Didn't know it was your birthday. Happy birthday. Sorry to embarrass there we, uh, you. But there he is, uh-huh.
11: Thank gentlemen. you. Thank you. Go yep.
13: ahead. Well, anyway... About this bill about the border, I thought it was killed yesterday. The Republicans killed it and wouldn't vote for it, so I thought it was dead in the water, you know, dead on arrival. I don't understand. Or are we trying to resurrect the bill, or what's happening?
2: I believe they're trying to resurrect it.
13: Yeah, that's, yeah. we wouldn't be talking about it, because uh, I thought it was just dead on arrival and shelled, you know, back to wherever, you know, never going to be voted on again, like daylight savings time. But I guess I just normally I don't come um, complain about the guests, But I have to say, I was disappointed in Patrick Barkey yesterday. Really? You know, I did call in, try and explain my concerns about the working middle class and people here in Montana struggling to make ends meet. You have a job, and you have to shop at the Walmart. You know, and we're not feeling the effects of Biden's wonderful, wonderful economy and how even though our wages are rising, you know, the rent and the whole thing is eating it all up, and property taxes and the inflation... It's just, I don't think Patrick Barkey understood what it really is for average working folks. You know, you meet any of them, from truck drivers to any of them, they'll tell you the same thing. I think that the Biden's economy is a failure. I feel like Patrick Barkey was just really playing the shell game and was just... Av- out of touch with the with what I would call the blue collar class well, the diggers and the j- 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 you
2: know? in, in his defense you have to remember he he is he's not a politician he's an economist right and so his his job is to look at the overall economy and all the different aspects of the economy and then put them all together into some sort of a coherent cogent uh, way of of looking at uh, where we are at the present and where we might be headed in the future so uh, he, he's not a policymaker he's not running for office so so, you know, he he, he basically uh, tells it like he sees it.
13: Yeah, I guess he sees... I, guess he, I just feel like the economy must be working for him. It's more of perception. I love... I used to hate 80s music, but I love 80s music now. Mm-hmm. It takes me to a happier place where in the 80s and 90s, you know, things were simpler. And my cost of living seemed, even though maybe it was just perceived, was a lot better. And I had less money. It's just... One of those, those things about perception. So you know, I had another comment that I was going to make, and I forgot completely <laughs> what it was. Well, so, call us next. Um, call make call room for anyone else. Oh yeah, they the dark money. If I could talk about dark money, real quick, just briefly. Um, they uh, people always bring up dark money, out of state money. That doesn't keep me awake at night. They're acting like it's made from Sauron, you know, who <laughs> control, who wants to control the rings. <laughs> All I do when I vote for a politician is I vote on the issues. Who funds the politician? I don't care who funds the politician, as long do they support my values, and then I go into the voting booth and make my decision based on the values. And often it's third party. So I don't understand all this crazy concern about dark money, dark money, out-of-state money, like Sauron from the Lord of the Rings controlling. It doesn't make any sense.
2: Well, I I will tell you this, and thanks for the call, Emmett. Uh, One thing I do appreciate is that Emmett votes right i i, I and, and and you know me i'm that that that's my hobby horse i'll i'll jump on that platform every day if you don't vote what are you talking about <laughs> you have nothing to say in my opinion but anyway uh harry's up next harry good morning you are on talk bag. thank you for holding sir please go ahead
14: yeah good morning and Ditto's on happy birthday there nick uh, thank you. uh they uh this i well first i just comment to marilyn and other people who say they are doing this on oh, this they I think I know who they are it's, it's the reptilians, you know who they are, don't you <laughs> they they're they're taking over everything they're they're infiltrating, killing everybody yeah, okay, but anyway, uh what I really want to call is the uh the this, uh fentanyl the crisis supposedly, and uh, the trouble is I keep hearing well, we have a problem with fentanyl, no we don't we don't have a problem we have p- problem with people taking pills that they don't should be taken I mean there's a some lady her child a 14 year old child died from fentanyl poisoning which was horrible I Any mean, anybody whose kid dies is horrible but they said well he thought he was taking uh, oxycontin what is a 14 year old kid taking oxycontin for that's crazy i mean this you know if if the they were shipping in pills laced with cyanide would we be saying oh we have a cyanide poison or problem no it's people you know it's if people could take it I and mean, stop taking these pills guess what I, it would stop. I mean, the, the, it, to me, it's just showing how bad our nation is about uh, taking illegal drugs. I mean, uh, it's because all these people would have been taking, you know, nobody's going to say, ah, oh, fentanyl is coming in now. I'm going to start taking fentanyl. Boy, that sounds like good stuff, man. You know, it's, um, well, let's, let, that, let's,
2: know, let's put it this way, Harry. There, there would not be the huge supply if there wasn't a demand. And, exactly. and, and and very few people talk about the demand problem. How, how, how do how do we solve that problem? How, how do we oh, convince people they don't need these drugs to live successfully?
14: Oh yeah, I know, and that that is the hard part. But yeah, to me, like I it's just, it just amplifying and showing how bad the you know, illegal drug taking is. Because if it wasn't killing people, they'd still be taking these drugs. They just wouldn't be killing them now. I mean, you know, so it, it's not like the Tylenol thing where somebody you know had tampered with Tylenol and stuck it back on the shelf. And the, the, the cartels aren't grabbing people and holding them down and putting fentanyl in their mouths. I mean, these people are taking these drugs on their own. So it's, like I say, it's not a fentanyl problem. It's a drug-taking right. problem. Got
2: it. Harry, thanks for the call. But yep. We're up against a break. It's a one-minute timeout. So we have Mark and Jeff. Just about enough time to give everybody a chance to, to sound off here when we come back on Open Phones or in one minute. Okay, we're back on TalkBack. Open Phones continues for another seven minutes, so let's get as many calls in as we can. Mark, you've been holding the longest. Thank you for your patience. Please go ahead.
4: Good morning. Say, I was wanted to follow up with Jeff uh, on the Section 212F of the Immigration and Naturalization Law. I heard about that the other day and looked it up. And my my first question was, um, why in the world would President Trump not just invoke that and close the border. Well, I, the answer, and I have not found the specific text on it yet, I guess, is that the people that are claiming asylum are exempt from those proclamations from section 212F. I'm looking for that exact text now, trying to find it, but I haven't been able to do that. Uh, anybody out there that knows anything in regards to that, I'd sure like to hear about it on, online or, uh, from the show. Anyway, um, if it is that simple and we could and we could include people seeking asylum in the proclamation to not to close the border then it's a pretty simple bill to pass to do that we don't need all this other crap all we need is a simple bill to do close the loophole thank you
2: all right thanks for the call unfortunately there's no such thing as a simple bill anymore uh, but let, let's get uh, jeff is back jeff uh, thank you for your patience i know you wanted to clarify some things so please go ahead
7: Yeah, um, Monica very cleverly introduced this as the bill that reduces fentanyl at the border. And that's not what this bill does. This bill is primarily a foreign aid bill, $118 billion bill. And on it, $20 billion is for the southern border. That means $100 billion to aid for Ukraine, Israel, humanitarian assistance, and countries in the Indo-Pacific. So I'm not criticizing any of those, but that's not primarily a border bill. That's primarily a foreign aid bill. So, you know, it's very clever to kind of link this on the end, but that's not what it is. So let's call it what it is. And, and then as far as net border powers, uh, I'm just going to read briefly from, I'd say, MSN sites. And this is not a, a far right radical site. Um, Under this bill, the secretary could declare a border emergency um, or or grants the secretary of Homeland Security the power to declare an emergency at the border. The president already has that. I'm sure there are stipulations like, you know, um, asylum and those sorts of things, and I don't know the details of those, but that's a a power the president has. And it says the secretary could declare a border emergency if there's an average of 4,000 or more migrants. And then this is one of the things that Monica called mandatory to the secretary would be required to declare emergency if there's an average of 5,000 or more migrants encountered each day for seven consecutive days, or if on any one day there's more than 1,800 8,500 8, 8,500 encounters, but there are exceptions unaccompanied children any authorized unauthorized immigrant that the border patrol agents believe should be excused for humanitarian reasons, folks from outside of Mexico. Uh, so there's a whole bunch of loopholes in there and it, it it was completely misrepresented as a fentanyl bill when it's really a foreign aid bill and it has some border stuff on it that frankly, um, the majority of which we can already do. You know, previous caller talked about what President Trump did. He just followed the law. He said, I'm going to close the border. And he got fought by uh, bureaucracies and, uh, and parts of Congress. And he managed to do a large part of that anyway, but uh, President Trump did. But President Biden can do the same thing. That's my frustration is there's nothing new we need to do. All he has to do is rescind Those rescissions that he made of executive uh, orders just put them back into effect. And the border crisis is largely solved, not completely, but largely. So my point.
2: All right. Thanks. Thanks for the call. By the way, uh, have you been listening to the oral arguments of the Supreme Court? I have not. I haven't okay. had a chance All right. to. Alright. Just checking. Alright. Thanks so much, Jeff. You have a great day. Appreciate it. Always a pleasure. Uh, we have exactly two and a half minutes before we're, we're done with Talk Back
11: this morning. Uh, Mr. Nick, what's coming up on tomorrow's fabulous radio program? Uh, so, uh, we're gonna have the Mansfield Center from eight to nine. And our guest is going to be, and I may be saying this wrong, but Oksana uh, Nezivankov. Oh, and it looks like Dave wants to call. Okay. Uh, I'm going to just put him on hold once. Okay, I, go ahead, go
2: ahead, go good. go There you go. All
11: right. So we'll, we'll try to we'll try to get him on if we can if we have time. Go ahead. Oh, time uh, real quick. Uh, she's a Ukrainian professor currently living in Paris. Wow. Uh, she hosted a series of Mansfield Dialogues after Russia's invasion of Ukraine in 2022. Okay. Um, she's participating in a dialogue on February 22nd at the Mansfield. Uh, to reflect on the conflict two years after Russia's initial invasion. So that'll be eight to nine um, with her, as well as the director of international programs, Peter Baker. And then nine to 10, we will have city talk, but we can try to get Dave's call. All right, Dave, we have about a minute and a half, sir. What's on your mind? Please go ahead.
9: Gee, I got a whole lot to say about immigration. (laughs) Go ahead. ahead. I'll have to save it it for another day, but... uh, I've read a lot of immigration law from 1790 on down, and it's changed over the many years. And to say that a 1952 law that was passed is the law of the land and that gives Donald Trump the right to shut down the border is is not accurate information. And, but as far as the present bill goes, um, I agree. It's not. It's not a good. It's it is not a. It's a flawed bill, and aren't, uh, aren't, aren't, aren't,
2: aren't, aren't they all flawed bills, Dave? I mean, exactly. <laughs> no
9: exactly. such thing
2: as a perfect bill, right? Go ahead. I'm sorry.
9: Right. It is. It's true, and I believe, in my opinion, that that it's worth worth putting into place and then working to improve it. Just like all the other laws that happened from 1790 on down to present day. All right. So we'll have the, the long-term discussion in, in the near future. You
2: got it, Dave. Thanks for the call. We appreciate it. Sorry we uh, d- uh, we're, had to cut you off, but uh, we have to go to a birthday party. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's Nick's birthday today. Happy birthday, Nick. Thank you. He's uh, our fearless leader around here. So, <laughs> uh, again, coming up tomorrow, lots of good
11: stuff up in the Mansfield Center. And Whoa. What? what? Uh, Mazzillia County Attorney Kirsten Paps just announced retirement. Really? Supposedly, yeah. Anyway, sorry. That, that just came across. Wow. wow. Can I claim that one? Uh, yeah, you
2: might as well jump on it. Yeah. I think I will. All right. Have a great day, everybody. We'll see you tomorrow morning at 6 with Ace on Montana Morning.